Hey y'all, this is Ovi, and you're tuned in to Yeah, But Are You Listening? A space created for us to laugh and cry, share blueprints, and grow through transparency. We'll talk about the things that make us nervous and the things that get us hyped, but most of all, we'll be authentic. Let's get to it. Hey y'all. It's finally here and I am super excited. So today we kick off several conversations around mental health. Um, I felt like they were conversations that needed to be had and I put out the call and y'all answered in the most amazing way. So I'm calling it Let's Talk Mental Health, the series. And there are several stories, um, both from a professional and a personal standpoint that I think I think it's going to bless somebody. I think it's going to help somebody keep moving through something that they um, may be dealing with and that somebody includes me, right? So some of the conversations I've had have already brought me to tears, have already had me having um, light bulb and aha moments, and I cannot wait to share them with you. Um, First up, we have Monica Johnson, um, and I can't wait for you to hear her story. It is both riveting and it was eye-opening for me just some of the things that she shared were things I I could never have even um you just don't know what people are going through and she also shared some tips that I will be trying so the disclaimer that I want to give before we kick off this series at all is that these are just opinions and some suggestions right so they don't take the place of getting real therapy getting real help um You should not just pick up a resource and run with it. Definitely do your research. Um, Although over the next couple of weeks, I will be providing you with some resources that they provide to me. Please, 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 just as you would with anything else, do your research, figure out what works best for you and perhaps your children um, and don't just pick up something and run. But I will say, if you hear a coping mechanism or if you hear something in these episodes that you should try that doesn't do any harm, um, please, by all means, pick those things up and try them. Um, See what works, right? We're, We're a community. We're trying to get through this thing together. The last thing I want to say is if something in these episodes um, touches your heart, please let me know. You can send me a private message. You can, you know, comment on it on um, either Facebook or Instagram. You can definitely post a review on Spotify, Apple, Google, Anchor, the list goes on. Um, But please let me know how, you know, how these things are resonating with you. um, If these things are resonating with you, if you have questions, um, if you want to reach out to these people over the next couple of weeks, you know, obviously I will provide their contact information. But I'm just hoping that this series does something for you. Um, just does something for you. So take a listen. What do you want? Do you have a bio that you want to, to give people? You want to give people your background? You want to start professionally? You want to start personally? You know what? You, I, I sent you the bio. You do with it what you will, how it works for you. I'm, just, I'm flowing here. Okay. All right, so tell me the raw, the rawest podcast today. So that's so. Let me just tell you. Let me just tell you. And so, I will preface this with. um, So, 
I will talk to anybody about mental health at any time, right? And the importance of like, just stuff, the importance of talking. And I had, which I will talk about a little later, I um, had an incident with Michael a couple weeks ago. And then like, I got through that. And then one morning I woke up and I was like, we need to talk about mental health. Facts. Like, on this podcast and so I'm like all right I'm gonna put this call out right I'm gonna put out this hey does anybody want to talk to me and in my mind it was gonna be one episode Mo one I was gonna have one episode with like you know I, I don't know in my mind it was gonna be one person that was gonna reach out and be like I'll talk to you and I was like cool and I was gonna have one and then I was gonna end the season and boom we just that was it right nice little yeah. and like all these people started to message me and be like I want to talk about it I want to talk about it and I was like oh you never know who you're gonna reach you gotta add you put the filler out there and it's like boom right I was like because it needs to be talked about especially now in the middle of this pandemic like it's real it is for real and so raw is needed right so this is the third this this one is the third interview that I've done third third chat I hate to call them interviews because they don't like I don't have any I don't have any pen and paper conversations um, because I, I, it's not scripted, you know, it's not like, well, let me, tell me about a time, <laughs> tell me about a time when you, da, 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 da. It's, right. it's not like I do enough scripted during the day, like let's get to some real conversation. Exactly. Cause I'm like, scripted ones are cool, but people are going through some real life stuff and that ain't scripted. Right. So, you know, in terms of it being raw, like yeah and then i was like god why you get this assignment to me like you know how much i cry why you get this to me i don't want to have these conversations with people i'm sad like what you do though it's needed you have your platform now and i think it's so dope that you did this like i'm so so proud that you went outside of your box and and did this podcast that you did this particular subject because it's needed it's something that we don't really talk about is some, especially in the black community, like we're really not trying to deal with mental health, therapy and medications. Like we was raised, put it on altar, pray about it. So let me tell you what's so funny about that <laughs> is that of all the people that reached out to me, only two people were black, right? Um, and my girlfriend that I, that I chatted with yesterday um, or Saturday talked about, um, she lost her daughter to brain cancer about nine years ago, right? And so we Sharice is heavily into the church. So right. much about what she talked about was like her relationship with God. And so at the end, I was like, so you, and so she said, she was at the end, she was like, so I know everybody doesn't feel that way. You know, that is what worked for me, but right. everybody doesn't feel that way. You know, one of the things she and I talked about was like being able to give people, um, tangible things so like that's the go that is my goal at the end of this series is that if people listen to it that first of all if they're dealing with something that they hear something that resonates with them but to also provide them some potential resources some coping mechanisms that maybe they haven't tried you know um to allow them to see that they're not whatever they're dealing with they ain't dealing with it by, they, by themselves you know especially with kids you know people's kids are these kids is going struggling. through, like we going through, but I think, especially as a, as a mom, you know, you and I have had that conversation. You just push through. There's really not, go get your nails done and be quiet for 45 minutes. Like, 
you Dang. just push through. You don't really have an outlet. You don't get to really have an outlet. And these kids are struggling. And so, you know, the part of it was like provide people some resources so they can see that day kid is not the only one that, you know, that's struggling Ew. or, you All know, right. just because, you know, um, just because you are balled up in the bathroom crying five minutes before you got to cook dinner, doesn't, you're not by yourself. It feels like it when you're in the bathroom crying. And, you know, I, I um, struggled a lot with, um, some, you know, something I keep reading on Instagram, I keep seeing over and over is like, stop calling us strong black women, like as if it's a compliment, right? And I struggled with that a lot um, when I was younger because it was like, it was an expectation. Like there was no, I didn't have an allowance not to be strong. I just had to just deal. I had to deal with the kids. I had to deal with my husband. I had to deal with my friends. I had to deal with whatever was going on at work. And I had very little capacity to not weather those storms or not, not carry those weights. Um, and the longer you do that, like, it's not healthy. Um, all right. So tell me professionally, tell me, tell me what you do professionally. So professionally, <laughs> um, I'm a care navigator with Alliance Health. Uh, we are okay. based right here out of the Triangle, but my office covers Johnston County. So I'm based out of the Smithfield office. So what do you do? What does that mean? What is so it? What I do is I facilitate services for individuals who are dual diagnosed. Most of my individuals um, have developmental disabilities, your autism, your intellectual disabilities, mm -hmm. um, you know, things like that. But then on the flip side, they also have mental health diagnosis, bipolar, schizophrenic, depression, okay. PTSD, ADHD, which a lot of people don't realize is a mental health diagnosis, um, that and ADD. It is a mental health diagnosis, so it's not just floating out. So there. at the point when they get to you, they've already gotten their diagnosis and you're going to help them find resources. Yes. So by the time they get to me, they've already had an established diagnosis. They've had the psychological evaluation or they've had the clinical comprehensive assessment. So when they okay. get to me, the parents or, or guardians or whomever are looking okay. to say, what type of services can we facilitate for them? And okay. so it's kind of two parts. So you could do in-home services, which is mm -hmm. usually for the kids. They're receiving services at home. Or we do long-term care services, where that's a group home, that's ICF, which is your higher level of care with the mm -hmm. medical team around and things like that. So it really just depends on what they need. And I help facilitate that care, work with DSS, um, work with our behavioral hospitals, you know, uh, Cherry Hospital, Murdoch, wherever they go, whatever Zoom call I got to be on to right. facilitate it best. So what I'm going to do from a professional standpoint is at the end or before we end this, I'm going to have you um, maybe toss out some of the more um, readily available resources um, for people that, that may be anywhere in that um, spectrum of diagnosis. Maybe they're already diagnosed. Maybe they're not sure, but maybe right. they don't know where to start in terms of resources. Um, the other thing is I, one of the, um, other girls that I talked to the other day was like, don't forget to give a disclaimer. So like there will be a disclaimer on each of these yes, days. Absolutely. Like, number one, this is not take the place of therapy. And also not. like you still do your research. Don't, you know, don't just yeah. grab up a resource and think that, that these are personal opinions and conversations. Right. These are personal opinions and conversations. And these are, these are the a number of resources health. that might be, might work for you, but they may not like, this is not an exhaustive list. So Exactly. Anything, so just know that whatever you, you know, whatever you send over will gotcha. be 
I'm gonna cover it with that. With that, um, <laughs> you look, y'all. Don't be calling back to me and Mo because the doctor didn't work. I'm gonna direct you to some of these resources you're about to get. I'm Big just fact. trying to put it out there. You got to do your own research. Um, so personally, talk to me a little bit about like some of the things that you have dealt with or been through. Um, so for me, right, that's <laughs> that spectrum. Um, depending on where we are in the day facts that spectrum says something different right um you know i i've i've said before that early on in the pandemic um so everybody knows i'm an extrovert so i prefer to be around people right um i think i'm picking up some introverted tendencies as we as I get older because I don't yeah. want to be around people all the time. Yeah. Right. It's exhausting. But like, give me my me time. I'll give me my me time, right? But I do prefer to be around people. Um and in the beginning of the pandemic, it was weighing on me in a way I didn't I didn't really recognize. Um and I don't know that I knew to call it that, right? Because I'm like, oh the world shut down in school. And then as like my my daughter's birthday had to be minimized. And then all the travel that I had for last year, gone, right? Birthday, work travel, personal travel, more work travel that was going to be fun. Like everything on the spectrum was like, nope, you can't do any of that. Um, and probably around, um, I bought a car in uh, September. I bought a car in September. And um, Chris, who was on the financial team, conversation right. with me. I remember that um, one. That it's gonna kill me, right? He was like, you did what? And I'm like, I, yeah, I'm sorry. I was like, sorry about the car. Um, but it was, so it's funny because that, the car, her name is Grace. Like, that's what I named the car. Car's name is Grace. Um, Grace actually tied too, all of that together. Don't worry about it. Say what? I named my car too. Don't worry about it. You know what I'm saying? So Grace actually ties it all together in a nice, neat little bow for me because she won Grace, the car was on my vision board for last year. So like, it wasn't an impulse buy. It wasn't like run out and buy this expensive car. It had been on my vision board. I had researched it. You know, I made sure I was getting a good deal. But the reason I bought Grace in September was because I needed a win. Like I desperately needed something, something that was going to be like, something to be excited about, something to look forward to, something that was going to be an accomplishment. Um, and I had done some other things last year, but it just, like, it had gotten to the point that I was crying every day. Um, you know, and I'm crying every day. I'm also trying to raise a 15-year-old. You know, I got Isaiah over here, who, I mean, he's, he's got a mom, so, like, not at all for me to take the place of Maya, but, like, you know, definitely doing my part with Isaiah, you know, dealing with um, my kids and their own, you know, all the things that they are dealing with. And I was like, yo, I might don't make it. Like I need something, something is good. I was feeling suffocated um, and I got the car and there was this like weight that was lifted. Um, and, and I don't really know why. I don't really know the connection of, of the weight aside of like, I just needed a win. Like I, in my gut, I needed something that went well. That was like, I want to do this. If I go here and follow these steps, this will be the result. Because I, I felt right. like in that moment, in that time period, all of those things that I knew for certain had been stripped away. Um, and so like that was, 
for me, that was the, that was the win at the time. Um, and things have gotten better. Like at one point I went to the doctor and they put me on antidepressants and the challenge for me with those, the challenge for me with antidepressants is first of all, I, I believe in medicine. Right. It works like do what you need to do. That's working for you. Um, but my challenge with it was I don't, I stay up late anyway. And so by the time I was taking the medicine and stay, like I was tired all the time. Um, mm -hmm. And then it, you know, probably didn't help that I probably stopped taking it like I should have, you know, it just, there was a lot of things happening. Um, but it was just a lot, Mo, like, you know, and then, yeah, when, you're, then when you're the strong friend, like you, like where you go, where do you go when you're the strong friend? That part. And it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because that seems to be like the theme of, of life right now is check on your strong friends. Because when you carry that load on your shoulders, um, whether you're a mom, a wife, with your job, whatever, mm -hmm. where, well, like you said, where do you go when you're burdened down? And for me personally, being in the mental health field, mm -hmm. so I got to kind of like put myself to the side because I have 54 people that are depending on me to stay on my A game. Right. Like I got to make sure that during this pandemic that my kids who are so used to the schedule of going to school, doing this, mm -hmm. coming home, getting with their daughter staff is now interrupted because there's no school. Yeah. So now the parents are calling saying, okay, we got increased behaviors. We're seeing an increase in, in elopement. Like, I don't know what to do. And you're calling me. So I have to go and look and facilitate and say, hey, well, you know, maybe you need to get with your primary care doctor. Maybe we need to up the dosage, lower the dosage, mm -hmm. to try to do some things, to try to keep that schedule. Because I think one of the things that people really didn't realize is how important a schedule is until that schedule was taken away. Yeah. And so, you know, like I said, in the field, I've seen the changes. I've seen the increased behaviors. I've seen mm -hmm. the increased elopements. I've seen the parents who said, I can't do this. We may need to look into, you know, long-term care facilities. Not that they're giving up, but it's just they can't between the pandemic and just, they, they just can't. So in terms of the schedule, do you have something that you recommend to people that are struggling with that? Like, so, you know, short of medicine, right? But like, so, right. if, um, because I also think people underestimated what schools really did for their children. Like, yes, it's Big something facts. can send them, right? But like the social skills, the schedule, the discipline, the food, you know, all the things that for a parent, you were like, all right, I just got to make sure you, this is the school you go to. I just got to make sure you get to the school you go uh -huh. to. Um, and I think over this year, year and a half, parents have been, have had a rude awakening for what schools, schools and teachers. So not just the building. Yeah, that appreciation is now. Right, <laughs> like what they, were, what they were doing with and for your child while you were able to be focused on something else. Right. Um, so what would you recommend like for a parent or for just a person who, you know, is dealing with a child that is struggling with being off, like not only off the schedule, but like no social interaction. Because that is another big part of it. Yeah. You know, that these they have to have, they, they have, they absolutely have to have some, um, like my middle son, Jaden, who we call Mellow Mike, because he's just even kill all okay. the time. He's just like, I'm chill. You know, that's him. But this pandemic, 
I saw a different side of Jaden because he was missing that social interaction piece. And he needed that. And so now he's just here with us. Not that he doesn't love us, but, you know, I, I peek the signs of, you know, we all get on each other's nerves, I think, where you're in, right? Um, but I peeped the signs with him because he was more to himself. When we'd have family movie night, like, he gonna give you 15 minutes and I'm out. He was like, I'm with y'all all day. <laughs> I don't need I no I don't want to be with y'all right now. <laughs> I don't like, need after dinner, he would disappear somewhere in the house like he was just for my comfort spending way too much alone time okay and it's almost like I I put on my mental health hat and I'm like okay I see my child going through these things mm -hmm. are we looking at you know the start of anxiety right which, which is not a mental health diagnosis but one of the signs that leads to other things that could okay. lead to depression that could right. lead to you know other things and it's almost like how to bring him back yeah so you see well y'all can't see but this whiteboard here mm -hmm. they all over the house now <laughs> so everybody, okay. everybody's on I was gonna ask what did you do what were some of the things you Bro, did this is my work board because I have one in my office that works so I just mm -hmm. have to buy one for here for me right. but now everybody has one so in his workstation he has his little whiteboard and he mm -hmm. goes by his schedule um so when they have breaks where he's mm -hmm. used to having lunch I don't schedule meetings during that time. Okay. We have lunch together. Okay. When they have their time that's scheduled for recess or whatever, I don't schedule meetings during that time. We go walk around the block. When it's nice outside, we'll play mm -hmm. in the backyard. Like trying to give him that consistency that he's used to because that interaction is so important. Yeah. And then we decided to give the boys one friend. <laughs> you better pick and choose wisely. Choose wisely. Your COVID friend. <laughs> Right. That, right. you know, um, and we talked to their parents and, you know, me, I'm just like, hey, listen, I, this, this is what I need y'all to do. Um, so you got one friend that mm -hmm. when you really need a break from this house, like, hey, can I go up such and such house for a little while? Because we all need an outlet. Right. And they can't drive. Right. And so he has his one friend that lives two streets over that he goes see. Now, that's your only friend. That's it. That's all you got. Don't, don't make no stops. Wisely. Don't make no unnecessary stops. You take your little gizmo watch. I need to know when you get there. Shoot me a text. I need to know when you're leaving. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Your brother going to pick you up when you're walking from football practice. And we, yep. keep, we keep it moving. But he has an outlet. And he's been the better for it. So, you know, you have to try to give that consistency as much as possible. I know it's not ideal for all parents. Because some parents are still working outside of the home. Right. So what do you do? The biggest thing is you have to have that conversation. Yeah. What do you need? How can I help you? Yeah. Because you can't, we can't wing it. Well, you actually you know, have to have that conversation. One of the things that I think has been difficult is trying to have that conversation when you are struggling. You know, it's one thing for you to be like, I'm in a good place, right? I've, I've got things kind of under control. Um, you know, maybe I'm going to work or maybe I just, maybe I'm just good. Maybe I'm just one of those parents right. that don't need social interaction. Right. So maybe I'm good. Um, and I think the challenge is figuring out when you're not good, how to support your kid who is also not good. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, without doing more harm. Right. Because you're not you're not really in, you're not intending to do more harm. But like how I'm going to take on your mess and I can't even, you know, because there have definitely been days 
that were not good days for me that Lana seemed my youngest daughter seems to be doing fine, right? So, but there have definitely been days that weren't good days for me that probably just were regular not good days for her. Like they weren't necessarily depressive days. They just she just what it wasn't a good Tuesday. You know what I mean? Right. And I could not even begin to dive into whatever might have been going on with her because of whatever was going on with me, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that becomes a challenge in, especially now, in like trying to navigate that space because it's hard, you know? It's, it's, it was better, it was a little easier. Easy is not the, the right word, but it was a little easier right. when I was only having to make sure you were good. But now ain't nobody good. Um, you know, and I think a lot of people are seeing like their kid retreat (laughs) to their room or, you know, go away. (laughs) I hate to be like, go away. Like everybody has their time. But the thing about that is though, Ovi, is you can't, you can't leave them there because you don't know what they're thinking. Like you, you, at some point you got to have that conversation just to be like, Hey, you good? What's up? How can I help? Like what's going on in your life? Um, because you don't know what they're thinking. That's and right. much like you as the parent, the child's trying to figure out how do I process this? Mm-hmm. Like what's going on? Like, I don't, I, I don't know. And sometimes that would be Jaden's answer. He'd say, I don't know. Yeah. But as a parent, you can look at your child's eyes and see something, something's not right. And he's how old, Mo? He will be 11 on the 20th of this month. Girl? Look, girl. girl and almost my height, right? <laughs> You got to tell me, Lana's 15 and she towers over me. And I'm like, so let's be clear. I am at perfect height to chop you in the throat. So don't, Listen, like, don't, you know, don't get it. All boys over here. So I let them know the reason I'm in the gym is just to let y'all know this still ain't what you want. So they were clear. <laughs> so they were absolutely clear. So we clear. Your you mother's know, different. Your I, mother's um, different. One of the, and one of the conversations I was having, she was telling me that um, when her daughter was kind of going through her like depressive, having some depression, issues with depression, one of the challenges was she was already at that teenage age where they isolate anyway, right? right. You know, there's, a, there's a fine line between isolating because something's going on and isolating because they're 13 and they just don't like you. Like <laughs> They just don't want to be around you. And so right. I think you're right, like having that conversation um, forcing that conversation in a way that's like, I know this is uncomfortable, but I love you and it's necessary. Um, mm-hmm. It's helpful, you know, even if they don't, you know, one of the um, the other young ladies I was talking to was like, they hear you. Even if they don't respond right they away, you. you know, they, they, hear, they you. hear you and they appreciate that. Um, and sometimes you, know, you have to meet them where they are. Because um, with Jameson, Jameson is our oldest, and he'll be 15 this year, so we're in the age of we, we text, we social media, like, I hear yes. you, but I don't hear you. Yeah, mm-hmm. you hear me. Mm-hmm. So I have to meet him where he is. Like, we have a group chat, me, him, and his dad. So, mm-hmm. you know, some of the stuff we talk about is in the group chat because it's just, you know, he's an older teenager, so we can discuss some things more with him that we wouldn't openly discuss, you know, around Jaden and Jace. Um, you know, so we have our group chat. Uh, he and I, you know, do stuff together on social media. That actually was the the thing behind what I call Man Chef Monday, that's mm-hmm. when we have our best conversations because mm-hmm. I asked him to help me cook one day and we just started talking. And so from there, Jameson was like, oh, I like this. And so now every Monday, that's his day to cook. But that's when we have our best conversations. Right. So it's like I said, what I call Man Chef Monday and I'll post his meals and stuff and some of the conversations we've talked about. He's talked about getting his ear pierced, him 
dating and all that stuff I really don't want to talk about, but it's on his <laughs> You'd be like, I didn't want to talk about it. it. Oh, I don't <laughs> you know? Okay. Right. Um, but we've even dove into, you know, some of the other discussions about uh, transgender kids in the high school, uh, dealing with knowing that, you know, kid already in high school, or even when he was in middle school, that, you know, kids are gay. Like, how do you deal with it? Like, how do you feel? Like, what's your, you know, your take on it? Like, we've had those conversations. Right. But while he's cooking, because I meet him where he's at, in his right. element. And in that point, he's, you he's just talking exactly. to his It's not like she not Trying to figure out if he need to put some more salt in the food or like, like nah, I don't. But that's, that's, talking. Right. <laughs> no, no, I don't. But um, what did you say about what's happening at school? Right, like, you know, exactly. Like, you're right. Like, I, I um, will often go and, like, jump on my daughter's bed and be like, all right. Like, just like she, so she's 15. She'll be 16 in, in May. Right. And so she's at that same age. I mean, earlier today, she FaceTimed me from down the hall. And I was like, well, I, your legs broke? Like, I, I get that too. You know, but it is a way, you know, my son will be, Michael will be 25. Jesus Christ. In April. And <laughs> girl. And. You're so handsome though. You did good. That's my baby. But, you know, I do want to choke him out. But. He, so the challenge with him is oftentimes I know that he is having an episode because of social media, because he uses it as his journal. And so I'm like, stop using it as your journal because, but I, you know, and I go back and forth with that Mo because I don't know how much of that is. All right, quit being transparent. I don't know how much of that is. Don't use social media as your journal. And it's, he's 25, so we're not talking about Facebook. Right. We're talking about Twitter, Instagram. I don't know how much of that is. Don't use it as your journal or don't put it out there for everybody to see because then, then they call me. Right. That's don't really, make a target. A that's really what target. happened, right? So he mm-hmm. begins tweeting these potentially suicidal messages my phone immediately starts ringing because there are other parents that follow him. There are children who know him, whose parents know me. I've had people reach out to me that are like, so I don't, can you call me? And when I call, I'm like, what's up? And they're like, my daughter or my son saw Michael's tweet. You know, we just want to make sure he's okay. And so now I am not even able to deal with it. However, I might would. Because now it's a hypersensitive, like now it's now it's huge, right? Because right. you put it out there, your old coaches are concerned. Your, you know, it, like it, your sisters see it because they follow you on social media, and so right. it takes on a kind of a life of its own. Um, and so this last time, I was like, I'm going to buy you a journal, like I'm going to buy you a journal. Um, so that when you're having these thoughts and when you're doing these, like, right? I'm not saying don't write it down. But again, I had to like give some personal assessment and be like, why don't you want him writing on Twitter? Like if that's where he feels comfortable, why don't, mm-hmm. why is it uncomfortable for me? Um, you know, and I'm still, I don't know. Like I'm still dealing with I think with it that. scares you as a parent um, because of where your mind goes. And honestly, in, in this day and age we live, having black sons, we have no choice but to let our mind go there. And it's hard to reel it back sometimes um so I get it my brother just turned 25 and sometimes I read his tweets and I gotta text him he'd be like baby you good 
what's that? You need to talk? He's like, no. No. And that and that's it. No, we don't need to talk. And I'm like, oh, but we do because did you read? But you can't but you can't force it, you know. And then there are the random times I'll get a text from him and he'll say, Hey. And I'll say, Hey. And he'll be like, Are you busy? And I'll be like, No, what's up? And then he'll call and he'll just start talking and talking and talking. And he'll say, All right, well I'll call you back. And then he hang up. Sometimes you just need to get it off the chest. You just needed an ear. You can't force it. But just continues to encourage and reinforce him that you're there yeah because you can't take away from him what is essentially his outlet because it scares you right exactly and so that's that's the challenge that that i have with that and you know i think parents um it is difficult to describe to another parent or another person um the fear that is associated with having a child that whether they are constant suicidal ideations or whether it just happened once. Right. Um, because he lives in Charlotte, right? So like when he lived in Durham, I, there was still the concern, but I could just put, go put my hand you on him. Get like, to him, yeah. You know, um, in Charlotte, it's like- Now you gotta deal with I-85 to get to him. It's like, sit tight. <laughs> FaceTime me and stay on the phone for two hours. I'll be there in right. two hours, you know? Um, and so it is a challenge. It is a challenge, yeah. but you're right. Like you have to be willing to put aside however you might be feeling about something, you know, and take care of what, take and see things for what they are. Um, and you're right. Like, you know, I, I will probably have to go back to him and be like, okay, I mean, I guess social media is fine. <laughs> you know, and it's not that I don't want to post on social you media. as you grit your teeth, like it's fine. You know, but, it's fine, yeah. but if you could just, okay. Um, but I think, you know, we have to be mindful about taking away exactly you know, the outlets that they are going to use because just because I send him a journal don't mean he's going to write in it. Yeah. He clearly likes Twitter. He has like, there is no shortage of pen and paper where he's at. You know what I mean? It's not right. like he lives in the forest. It just doesn't work for him. It just doesn't work for him. Um, yeah. you know, for Jaden, it works for Jaden because he doesn't like talking about his feelings because for whatever reason, he feels that um, sometimes when you ask him a question, Jaden's defense mechanism is to shut down. Yeah. If I say a word, he's just going to look at you. And as a mother, that pisses me off. <laughs> like, don't just stare like, back at me. Say something. No, he'll just look talking at you. To you? <laughs> right. He won't answer. He won't move. He's just going to look. And that's it. And, and for me, I had to come to grips with, okay, he doesn't want to talk about it. And I have to back off. Right. And I gave him a journal and say, when you're ready, we can talk about it. And sometimes he'll come to me and he'll just, he'll just <laughs> drop it in front of me and walk away. Or he'll say, I wrote today and I'll walk off. He'll say it in passing as he's going back and forth to the refrigerator. He'll say, I wrote today. But that's my cue to, hey, there's something you want to talk about. So I need to go read this. And it'll be so now when you read the journal, to mom or to conversation. You'll have conversations. Like if it's addressed to me, I'm gonna read it and I'll say and I'll ask him, I say, Do you wanna talk about it or do you want me to write about it? Some days we'll talk about it, some days I have to write my response because sometimes he's just, you know, again, meet them where they are. So then my response is written and he'll, you know, go back and read it and eventually we'll talk about it. But sometimes he wants to talk about it after he's gotten his feelings out. Right. And then we can go back and talk about it. But he'll address it to who he wants to talk to, his mom or his dad or his brother. Or Sometimes he just want to get his feelings out. He's like, I wrote today. You ain't got to answer. 
I just need to get it out. So that is not a mechanism I had ever considered. I mean, that is really, that is really powerful, but it's just not one that I had, you know, I, I was like, yeah. get your journal. I don't ever, I ain't ever going to read it. Like, you know, I never considered setting it up as a mode of communication. Mm-hmm. Like they do in school. Here's your little communication log. Right. And that's it. Because sometimes, you know, nowadays kids don't always want to address what's wrong. Right. For whatever they, reason. they don't know. They don't know. And it was only until he got with his guidance counselor where he felt comfortable to really discuss his feelings. And after, you know, his guidance counselor said, hey, can I share this with your parents? That he has a fear of letting us down yeah, or a fear of failing us for some reason. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why? You know, but it wasn't a question that we could ask him. It actually came better from a conversation with his older brother. Okay. And that was his outlet as to, he's like, you know, they're just playing video games and he asked him, why, why, like, why do you feel like you want to let us down? Um, and it was this thing of trying to be, Jameson and he's like you don't have to be me right just be you like you know and so what came out of that is Jameson and Jaden have a better relationship and he communicates with him more to where I mean he'll talk to us as parents mm-hmm. but he just feels more comfortable talking to his brother and then gosh I'm so glad he don't hear this podcast and then we go into group chat that's where we find out <laughs> Right. <laughs> in, in, in the group chat, right? What's, what's going on, right? But it's like, whatever works. And, you know, I see their relationship and even through sports, like his brother's there. Like he's at his game. He's front row. He's, he's behind the fence at baseball. He's on the sidelines for football. Like when the yeah. game is over, that's who he's looking for first. They're going to talk about it. Whereas he might get in the car and I'd be like, hey, Jaden, you know, how's the game? You want to talk? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> right. I didn't talk, but I didn't talk about it already, you know. But that's who he's looking for. That's his outlet. And that works for them. And I love it. I hope it continues. But then if it's something that we really need to know, I know he's going to hop in the group chat. And, you know, we'll discuss right. it amongst the three of us. And like, all right, well, let's tell him this. Right. But say it's it how you would you say it. <laughs> but say it how you would say it, you know. And and that works. That 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 works for him. So I'm going to just commend the conversa- you. The communication and his brother. Like, we, it's trial and error. Yeah. We had to figure it, we had to figure out what works and that works for him. So I'm going to commend you because so many things that you've said, like as you're saying them, the light bulb's going on and I'm like, well, I, <laughs> I had three kids. I ain't never think to do that. I don't understand. An error, man. Where was Mo when they was little? Like, Why, why <laughs> Mo ain't show up and tell me to try that when Maya and Michael and Lana was little? Mo was watching OV saying, dang it, she makes this wife and mother and school thing look easy. Um, I got it. And you did. And then, see, see, and now here we are. So I just, that is really powerful like i i um because so the dynamic here um they're they're older so it's a little bit different in terms of you know they're not still playing video games together but um i was an only i am an only child and so they laugh at my kids laugh at me all the time because they're like ma we just playing like you don't this just (laughs) joke i'm like don't talk to each other like that and they're like ma these just joke. You don't know because you don't even never have nobody talk to you like this. Right. It's just a joke. And I've been able, and so we've laughed about it over the years. Um, 
because they are very, very, very close, right? And so of the power three, of a sibling, they are um, real of the three. Like Lana is the quietest, but the most protective. So like a couple weeks ago, when we went to Charlotte. We went late and I was like, Lon, I got it. It's 1030. I'm, I'm getting ready to go to Charlotte right now. And she's like, okay. And before I got to the bottom of the steps, she was behind. I'm like, where are you going? She was like, you said, you said we was going to Charlotte. I'm like, well, right. I, I said, I, okay, get in the car. Um, and so we get there. And while I'm dealing with Michael and his crisis, she doesn't say anything. She doesn't say much, but she is like, our arm's length away the entire time, mm-hmm. right? And I told Maya we were going, but obviously she was home with Isaiah. Um, and she was like, I should have been there. And I'm like, no, like you, I'll keep you posted. And so the next day, um, like I did, I kept her posted all night or whatever. And the next day when she was asking me kind of some specific questions about what was going on. Um, so I, you know, I filled her in and we got off the phone and as soon as we hung up, I was like, I need to call her back. Like she didn't, she sounded fine. She was like, okay, keep me posted. Right. I called her back in like five minutes and she was boo hoo crying. She's bawling. And she's like, it's my brother. And I'm, you know, and so now I'm trying to talk her off the ledge, you know, because they are, they care for each other in a way. It is different. It, it is very different. Um, you really don't know the strength of a sibling until things happen. Um, to this day, I think there are conversations that me and my sister have had with my brother that my mom has no idea about. <laughs> you know, our parents have no idea about. Um, not that it is intentionally to keep it from them. It's just that bond that's there. Um, there you know, like I said, my brother's 25. He just turned 25 this month. And uh, sometime last year, like he, you know, had a situation and, he has a son, he has a two-year-old son, he's so cute. And you know, kids, they just want to play hide and seek. And so he hid, but nobody could find him. You see, you see my face. I was like, I know where this is going. <laughs> nobody could find him. And we're at my mom's house and it just full blown crisis. I've never seen my brother react that way. Never. We're talking, what Drake said, zero to a hundred real quick. I saw that in person from somebody I, I've known their whole life. I and mean, where was the baby? He was in my mama's closet behind her dresses. Like he was playing hide and seek. He just didn't let us know he was playing. He ain't tell nobody. So we all tearing up the house. We running down the street. And my brother is just panic mode, yelling, screaming, person, like breaking doors, like just a full blown crisis right and here comes my mom she's all so calm and she's like hey where are you we're done playing and she just happens to go into the bathroom and she's praying and crying and she hears this little voice laughing in the closet because he hadn't go see he just didn't tell us he is like i won <laughs> he's like hey he's like, <laughs> he is like i won like, all these adults in here. everybody nobody like, fucked me i won this game panic mode like we're knocking on their doors like did you see him come out and we're like we were outside the older kids were playing nobody saw him come out you know come out and my brother and i felt so bad for him because it's every parent's nightmare yes right so my brother has gone and he's like down the street and he's 
he's crying and he just my mom tries to get him he's like leave me alone like he's yelling at her and i'm like mom give him his space yeah give him his he gotta come back yeah she's like he's bleeding you know because he doesn't touch doors his hands are bleeding and he just falls to his knees and i'm like i got it i got him and my sister's on her way over there and and I just touch him, and it's, he knows, he knew my touch from my mom. Right. And I said, honey, I got you, but you're bleeding, and I have to, I have to stop your bleeding. So we're literally sitting on the side of the road in the grass, and I'm, like, bandaging him up, and, and I was like, we found him. He was playing hide-and-seek in the closet. He's okay. And... I'm bandaging him up, and we walk back to the house. My sister's there, and he looks at his son. He's like, Daddy, hey! And my son, my brother just, like, grabs him and holds him. But it's only for a split second. Like, he couldn't keep him. And he goes in the room, and my mom's like, I'm going to go check on him. And my sister's like, no, we got it. And he's sitting there, and it's like the strength of a man. You see it collapse, and he falls to the floor and he's in my sister his head is in my sister's lap and he's crying mm-hmm. he's like I failed I can't do this and it's just tears and tears oh my god I'm tearing up I know I'm like it but it's that breakdown it happens and he's like I failed him I failed at this father thing this is not I can't do this and I'm like it's trial and error son We've all forgot the baby bag. Sometimes we don't forget the baby. I was like, like um, <laughs> bae. You're not the only one, and you won't be the last. I said, he's okay. But what we got to deal with, though, is you. This is, this is the big problem. Because my sons were scared mm-hmm. of their uncle. Right. And this is somebody who, when my parents divorced, came to live with us. So this is their big brother that they were afraid of. My nieces were scared. I said, there's something going on with you that we don't know, and that's okay if you don't want to talk about it, but you have got to talk to somebody because this can kill you. rough it is rough yeah (laughs) you know and it's the importance of it because you don't know what everybody's going through he could tell me he's fine he could tell you know my sister and parents he's fine but that internal struggle is something you know it's funny you say that because one of the things i said um in the lead-off episode was like if you are one of those people that don't think you need therapy, you probably need it the most. Because the reality is, we all dealing with something. Everybody is dealing with something. And maybe it's not, maybe you're not depressed. Maybe you're not anxious. Like, maybe you. Maybe it's not schizophrenic. Like, maybe it's not any of the right. major things. But, like, if you're still alive, you've seen some things along the way. You've picked up some things. You've heard some things. You've encountered some things that you may not even know affected you or that you carry, that you continue to carry those right. today. You don't even know it because you're like, oh, 
uh, you know, it was a thing. It happened. It's not a big deal. You don't even realize how the, how much it's weighting weighing on you. Um, and you know, I'm like, and even if you don't feel like you're going it through anything, therapy will help you in navigate your relationships in a way you don't Thank know. You know, they won't know. You don't know that you are. Um, maybe you don't know that you're the the draining friend, right? That you're the right. friend that people don't like to talk to because every time I call you, you're like, well, yeah. Therapy will let you know something. You know, um, and you got to be willing to do the work. Like you have to be willing to Absolutely. do the work that is associated with going to therapy. I, I just, like, I cannot um, stress that enough. I mean, I find, I got Michael some, like, I've been finding Michael resources is challenging um, for mm-hmm. a number of reasons. It's challenging because, first of all, he's 24. So whereas when he was 10, I could say, we're going. You're going. We're going <laughs> the appointment's the on Thursday. It's Right. It's on Thursday yeah, yeah. At, at 2 o'clock, and we're going to go. When you're 24, living in another another city, I can hope that you go to your appointment. All you can do is offer the resources, and they have to be willing to, to take it. Yeah. And they will when they're ready. It's when they're ready. not always so, on our time frame. He actually had an appointment this morning and he texted me and was like, just finished. And I'm like, oh, like you didn't intentionally <laughs> sleep through it. Like, um, and then I'm like, how'd it go? And he was like, it was great. Just like I expected. It was great. And so, you know, the, the, the other challenge is getting people to believe in therapy once they aren't sad anymore. You know, I think the other the other misconception is that like, all right, I'm depressed. I'm going through something. So I'm going to go to therapy. And then when that something has passed, my therapist has gotten me over the breakup or over the job loss or over the pandemic, then I don't got to go no more because I'm fixed. And the reality is we are never fixed. We are just better equipped to deal with the things that we encounter. But then there are new things. Like you keep living. There are new things. You know, if I went to therapy last year, that's awesome. That doesn't help me with the racism and hate and shootings and political, you know, unrest that I have dealt with in the last six months. The therapy I went to eight months ago doesn't help with that because that's those are new things. Those are new triggers that I didn't have when I was talking to a therapist six months ago, eight months ago. You know, and so I also think it's important that people understand that, like, it's a, mental health is an ongoing conversation. Absolutely. So you can't just be like, I'm better. I'm smiling today. So it's all I'm done here. now. Thank I'm you. All done now. You can check the box. Oh, it is, um, it is a concurrent thing that continues to go on. And it may not be, you know, the sessions every week or every month or whatever. Like, you have to follow through with the techniques and, you know, processes you're given. But there's nothing wrong with, you know, six months down the line. Hey, just want to, you know, check in. That's it. Tell you what's been going on. And, you know, it's, it's that so follow-up. It is everything. That is absolutely correct. Um, so you have given us some pretty amazing tools for kids. But what do you do to keep Mo sane? Like, how do you, how are you not something uh. to a rock? All right, well, when I figure that out, I'm going to let you know. I mean, well, just today. Today, <laughs> right the second, you're not under a rock. So whatever you did today right. would be that. So, you know, and it's kind of along those same lines as with kids. Like, you have to, but, so the difference between the kids and the adults that I've personally found is you have to, when you discover that thing, 
within yourself, you have to be willing to follow through with it. Okay. Um, because it's like a conversation that you and I had last week. He was like, mm -hmm. that little voice done told you. You just got to listen. Mm -hmm. Right. So it is that. It's the little voice that tells you, all right, something's off. And for me personally, it was when my husband and I went to marriage counseling. Mm -hmm. Because we've been together for so long, but our communication was off. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, here's where we're going to go. We're going to try to fix this. And I think we were probably two sessions in before Monica went out the window <laughs> and that alter ego hit and was like, listen, one of the three of us ain't going to make it <laughs> right. in these sessions. So I'm going to go ahead and leave and save all of us. And I got up and walked out. Okay. And never went back. Okay. I was hot because I felt it was very one-sided. Right. And sis was pissed. And when that alter ego hit, let me just save everybody in this room. <laughs> well, y'all be calling a different kind of therapist. You dig? So I'm a lead. Yeah. But that also triggered something in me that said, sis, something's not right. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started individual therapy right. for me. Right. And that, almost three years ago, was the best thing I could have ever done for me. Yeah. Because I had to deal with some stuff with Monica before I could even begin to fix things around me. Yes. Absolutely. And it was actually during therapy that I realized, hmm, we're hiding a lot of stuff. We're buried under a lot of bricks. And I remember sitting in my bathroom one day and I was in my closet and I just fell and started crying in my closet mm -hmm. because I'm like, these bricks got to go to the point I was having a panic attack in my closet because it got so heavy, I could not breathe. Mm -hmm. And I think people tend to sometimes think, oh, it's not that bad. Oh, it gets that bad. When you're just thinking and your mind's racing and you can't cut it off and everything is like going at one time, those bricks get real, real on your chest. And you just have to do something about it. And that is what individual therapy did for me. It removed those bricks. It allowed me to say, all right, we got to have some real serious conversations, whether it was with family members, whether it was with my spouse. Like, this is how it has to be. Like, but our communication got better mm -hmm. because there were some things I was willing to speak on. And then I had to realize that everything ain't worked fine. Right. Right. And I found myself getting better because I'm like, every little thing no longer bothers me. Right. I could be like, okay. Whereas I would give it to you <laughs> a couple of years ago. Right. 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 Now I'm like, uh. but then I had to find my outlet, what made me happy. And at that time I was really getting into like my weight loss journey because I wasn't happy with the way I looked. And that kind of tied into right around the time I had, you know, had Jason, you know, Coming back from a C-section ain't easy because it's so much work. I was happy with the way I look. I, I was I was depressed. Right. I was dealing with my own stuff, but had to bury that because these, you know, my kid was home out of the NICU because right. Jace was a preemie, so my kids out of the NICU. But then I got these other two kids that still need me. You know, 
wife and duties got to be done. I'm still at work. And all this stuff is being buried on top of what Monica needed. Right. And at that time, journaling wasn't cutting it. Because there were times where I was like, hmm, so these pills here, <laughs> if I take enough <laughs> of this one, mm-hmm. like literally having these conversations with myself while my kids are sleeping in the other room thinking that mommy's okay. Mommy was not okay. So let me tell you on the level that I resonate with that. I cannot tell you how many times I have had contemplated that same thing, right? Same pills, same. The only thing I will tell people anytime that the only saving grace for me many times has been my children because my concern was that I cannot let one of my children have to come in here and find me. Not, I don't want to do this. Not, I still need to be here. Not, they need to, they need me. Cause I was like, my mama will step in. She got them. They got a daddy. Like I got somebody will take care of me. me But for me, I was like, I cannot traumatize any of my children that I I refuse to put the weight of finding their mom on any of them that is not fair to them um and there was no way I'm a scaredy cat right so that whole (laughs) like gun situation that whole jump situation that ain't for your girl like it was gonna have to be Mm -hmm. real you know just take all of these pills and just go to sleep you just gonna sleep and that's gonna be it but I was like, I cannot allow, that. that is too much of a weight, of a selfish weight for me to put on them. And that is not um, how I want them to see me last, you know. I, exactly. And, and I just, many nights, that was my, that was my saving grace. And I would just have some wine or some vodka or some tequila or maybe all three. And just sometimes all together, sometimes all together, and then see what works. No, cry until I was tired enough to go to sleep. Like essentially, go to sleep out of exhaustion at that point, right? So at that point, you're sad, you you're feeling hopeless, but you also are feeling trapped in that. I don't even have a, and I don't even have a way out. And I feel like that is yet another layer because it is a difficult thing to be depressed and feeling like you don't have a way out like suicide is not even an option because there are so many people that need me that i can't even die out of this right i can't even die right i can't even leave you know what i'm saying i can't even check on your strong friends check on your strong (laughs) friends like you know like it's rough it is such a it is such a but that next day i walked into my therapist's office all right look here's what happened last night let me put this out here for you. And she was like, let's deal with it. And that's what it was. And that's when those bricks started to be removed. So aside and it was the therapy, best thing for me. Aside of therapy, Working out. Working I, I out. Because I'm like, if you don't go ahead and tell them you're a gym rat, I'm about to. It became my outlet. Because for one, I'm an early bird. So I know nobody in my house was getting up early with me. <laughs> That was your quiet time. Right. It it became my my quiet time. It became my place of peace. And that was where it was sweat. 
mixed with tears, mixed with frustration, mixed with anger. And it's like, boom, I done been in this mug an hour and a half. I done been in this mug for two hours. And my body going to look like it. And my body going to look like it. right? About to give it to y'all. But outside of that, like, it gave me everything I needed. You know, in the spring and summer, like, I'm outside walking. Like, there was one day, it was just me and my music. And then I think, like, my headphones died. So I'm just, it's just me and God. And I look up, and I don't walk nine miles. Yeah. I don't even know where the hell I was going. Okay. <laughs> in my neighborhood, like, right. like, oh, this is a nice view of Holly Springs. But nine miles of just me. Yeah. I get to be. And along those nine miles, I cried. I screamed. I was, why me? Like, what are we doing? Like, what am I doing? Like, how can I be better? I was like, but my kids, you know, but my parents, but my siblings, you know. Girl. And so that's my sanctuary. So when people ask me, how you do it? How you do it? I do it for my sanity. Girl. It is my sanity. It's my release. It's my, it, um, it's my love letter to myself. That we're going to get through this, this. Now we got to go home and shower and get right and take care of these 54 people on your caseload. And then we got to take care of the four folks in the house. But yeah. tomorrow at 4 o'clock, we start back with us now. Right. And it's a consistent thing. So if I do nothing else, I'm going to go work out. If I didn't work out, it was an emergency. Something happened. Or I'm just Every day. <laughs> There's Mo. I used to have. Here I go. Here I, I go. I'm like encouraging word. I'm like, I don't ran out. I, I don't have you. I don't have an encouraging <laughs> word every day. I'm going to just double tap and keep moving. And that lets you know that that's my encouraging word. But like right. what you're saying. So this summer, this summer and spring. Um, I started the same thing, not the same as you because it didn't look like yours, but it definitely started with like three miles and my little headphones and I just, and by the end of the summer, I was walking seven, eight, nine miles. And I would be like, there would be, there were definitely times where there was no music. There were no podcasts. There was nothing. There was me and God. There were tears. There were prayers. There was silence. You know, um, some days I'd be like, these people walking past me might think I'm crazy, right? And that is okay. Um, but it didn't matter. Keep it moving. Keep it pushing. Because <laughs> I would get home and I would be in the, in the middle of the summer um, or like at some point in summer, fall, um, I was dealing with like some relationship stuff, right? And I can remember being like, I need to walk or run or jog until I'm exhausted. Like, mm -hmm. not like, because my brain was running a thousand miles a minute. And the only way I knew to get it to settle down was to literally be exhausted, right? So I would, I would walk until I couldn't walk, until my legs were going to fall off. I get home and have to lay on the hardwood. And Lana would be like, are you okay? I'm, I'm fine. I just, just, just leave me here. Just leave me here. Just leave bring me, me some here. water. But I would exactly bring me some water bring and leave me, me right some here. water though, because I done ran out. I would shower and like that would be it. But the goal was was to literally exhaust my brain to the point that I could not think of other things. I couldn't allow so other things to cloud it or be in there. I was like, I just want to be exhausted. Um, 
And so I absolutely believe that, you know, working out is, is a tool. Um, you know, I, I guess I just, is there, is there anything else, any other like coping mechanisms or anything that you would suggest? I like to travel like, and the pandemic has really messed me yeah, up with that. that. I didn't want you to say that. Right? Yeah, I'm going to say it. We, we like to travel, you know, mom's gone wild. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag bad moms like we out here like, <laughs> hashtag i ain't nobody mama out here I ain't nobody mama for the weekend i'm just monica i'm chilling okay. but the pandemic has kind of put a stop to that a little bit yeah and it's like i can't go because for me like i plan my year like all right we got family trips and then i got monica trips because i need my time away not that I don't love my kids not that I don't love my family but I need to I can't pour out of an empty out of an empty cup I gotta go refill um this the mental health field it's draining <laughs> being a parent is draining mm -hmm. being in a relationship sometimes can be draining but you stay and you go back but you have to do something to refill that and that's what traveling does for me, like getting on the road and just driving. All right, all right, what time are the playing leave? Fact, I'm gone. I'll see y'all the weekend kind of a thing. And it's like. So I, so through, so I've known, I've known that you are my spirit animal. I'm sure I've, I've said that to you before. <laughs> like on Instagram, I'm like, I just want you to know, hey, mom. Yes. Like, hey, girl. Um, but this conversation has reminded me that we, how much alike we are because traveling does the same for me, like gives me the opportunity to recharge, recharge. Like, so a perfect hey. travel year for me would be like a trip, you know, as travel bay, a trip with, you know, my family, my kids, my mom, and then like a trip with my girls. Um, and so much so that the other day I was like, yeah, I'm going out of town for my, like, I'm going somewhere for my birthday. So whether it's Mexico right. or the Dominican Republic or like Turks and Caicos, like I am not going to be here for my birthday. If I have to get all the vaccinations and wear all exactly. the, like it is exactly. at a point now where it is needed um, in a way that it wasn't really, it, I mean, I, I, it was needed before, but now it's like really needed with capital letters. Mm -hmm. um, so we're going we're gonna to put that in motion. Um, Listen, you know, I'm here for it because a couple of weeks ago, I went to Philadelphia. They said, why Philly? I just wanted an authentic cheesesteak. So like, I like, eat tomorrow. That's the foodie in me. But it was also like, oh, some time to myself. So I literally masked up, gloved up, got all my hand sanitizer, and caught one of those good old shout out to Delta Airlines for the specials. Hopped it to Philly, got me a nice hotel, cleaned that up. Not that y'all ain't sanitary, but you know. I get it. Got my own cleaning supplies. Let me double down on that. Pop, let me get this ride to the cheesesteak. Got my cheesesteak. Back on to my room. Ate and slept the entire weekend. Next day, do it all over again. Let's try another cheesecake, a cheesesteak joint. Let me get that. Back, eat, watch TV, sleep. Mm, pack up, get ready to go home. That's it. And it was like, that's all you did. That's all I needed. I'm gonna take these pictures. Like, hey, Rocky, got your picture right. on my way. Right. Forget it. Like, I don't need a lot. But so I need I'm like that time. about the water. So, like, I would. I was cold, man. But I'm, I'm going to be so That's on my so list. For me, like, it didn't even matter. And it was just about getting a room that's oceanfront, right? Oceanfront room. Right. And 
getting some food and some wine and I just open the blinds or open the curtain and I just want to sit right mm-hmm. here on the couch in the room or lay in the bed that I can see the water and like that for me is the place and so Lana will be like I can't believe you're going to the beach again without me and I'm like you can't go <laughs> I, I, I love you but you can't you can't go um so you know I appreciate that you're taking those time that time and, and times like that to recharge like not only are you taking that but you are recognizing that that's what's needed which I think so much so many of us miss the mark like not mm-hmm. either don't realize that that's what's needed or we realize it but don't don't take the time yeah you know? and as adults like we have to acknowledge what's needed for us that's right um and I've seen it so many times like in the last couple of weeks self-care is not selfish it's necessary that's right you know whatever self-care looks like for you like some of y'all like manis and petties and massages is cool for y'all i mean massages is cool for me too i've had the same massage therapist for the last 10 years i love her it is it's in my bills (laughs) like it's on my budget like a bill because that's for me you know but i also had to identify okay i need time away because like i said this job like taking care of other people making sure other people are straight yeah. It takes a lot out of you. And there are some times like I'm looking at my computer screen feeling like I didn't do enough or what else can I do? Um, you know, when you have the teenager who the mom is like, I can't do this. <laughs> you have to find placement for him. Or you have the medically fragile individual and the parents are like, or the family's like, I don't know what else we can do. Like, how do you tell them, all right, it's time to move to a higher level of care. You can no longer like effectively take care of them. That's a hard pill to swallow for a family to for someone to say, you know, it's time to move on. And it gets to you and it's like you don't get attached to your work, but how can you not? You know, and for me, I I work with those that are dual diagnosed, you know. So you see kids that may be autistic who, you know, (laughs) it was so funny, like I had an individual a couple years back and he was a teenager. So his parents caught him watching porn on the computer. He was on punishment and he's autistic. He took computer part. Ain't nobody on the computer. <laughs> he was like, oh, that's what we doing? That was like, I got y'all. But that's that out-of-the-box thinking, whereas, you know, with a diagnosis, people look at you different. Oh, you know, it's okay. Like, don't do that. Because when they say he couldn't be on the computer, he was like, nobody's being on the computer. I'm just going to take it apart. And his, when his parents called me, like, I, I was trying not to laugh because you got to be professional. I was like, wow, that's so smart. But when he was on punishment, you put it back together. But all you, you know, most people would see of him is this autistic individual. <laughs> but that baby done puts his computer back together so he can, you know, get back on. But nice. you get that and then you mix it with depression or schizophrenia yeah. and bipolar. And these things are genetic. I think that's another thing that people tend to not realize is mm-hmm. what you pass down to your children. These things are genetic. Yeah. schizophrenia bipolar like which is why genetic. I think it's so important for people genetic, to get therapy yeah. because you are going to pass mm-hmm. these things down anyway like if you're dealing with these things or these things are part of your genetic makeup you're going to pass right. them along the line whether you go to therapy and you got to talk, talk about it you got to talk, talk about, about it. it and therapy will help Absolutely. you cope and therapy will help you also pass down coping mechanisms and ways to recognize and what might be working best but like y'all out here having stuff, having generational things, right? Generationally genetic predispositions. Conversations are so needed. Um, Like you said, these these generational, almost these generational curses. 
but you don't know because the conversations aren't being had. Like, I, like shout out to my mom. Like, we've had so, my mom, my siblings, and I have had so many conversations over the pandemic that have, you know, this generational thing yeah. that have helped me to, to do better with myself, with my children. It's made our relationship better, yeah. you know, from, you know, mother to daughter. But it's these conversations that have to be had, like these things that have to be said. Like we can no longer kind of just sit silent with it, mm-hmm. especially with our children, because you don't know what these kids are going through. You see it a lot with younger kids, teenagers, and young adults. The suicide rate mm-hmm. is skyrocketing because conversations aren't being had. Mm-hmm. And they're hard conversations, albeit, but we have to have them. And also because even the, some of the conversations that are being had, people aren't listening. So I've got... Yeah, but um, are you listening? Facts. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yes. So you have to I, listen. Like, so my daughter, Maya wants to like ha- come on and have a conversation. Michael wants to too. But the other day I had a conversation with Lana and I was like, yo, because her and her friends are in a group chat. I'm like, ask your girlfriends if they'd be willing to come on and do an episode. Like it would be completely anonymous. I mean, it wouldn't be for me. Like we'd be on Zoom. But what y'all would hear would be anonymous, but I'm like, you guys are primarily 15, but 15 and 16, right? Mm-hmm. There are girls in the group that are depressed. There are girls in the group that are dealing with homosexuality. And I, and I don't mean dealing with as in it needs right. to change. That's not what I mean. I just mean being 15 and trying to decide whether or not you really like girls. Right, trying or- to decipher your feelings. Right. Or are you doing Absolutely. it because that's the end thing? Because it's an end thing right now to have a girlfriend. Right. Um, there are some that are dealing with situations with their families and parents. And I'm like, and so she, you know, reached out. And so I think that we're actually gonna do a teen episode. I'm really excited. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I have to make sure my son listens to that. I like that. I'm really excited about it because like I told Lana, I'm like, parents are concerned about y'all but they don't know we don't how to reach you how to reach you what's really sinking in what you're doing behind closed doors and not that you know like you guys we know that you guys are struggling because you were huge social butterflies a year ago and now that entire world has been taken away and so we know that y'all are struggling but as a collective like what can y'all tell me for other parents that might be listening how we can help y'all right like this is your opportunity to tell another parent well maybe if you ask your daughter this question right here instead of that question over there right or maybe if you just showed up or maybe if you did so i am trying to pull that together um i'm excited about it i'm excited about the potential it has um for the conversation oh absolutely but these conversations have been nothing short of amazing um so i want to thank you for everything for being you for continuing to fight because i know it ain't easy because now i now i'm clear that we the same person so i know that i know that that it ain't easy (laughs) um but you know, but also for being willing to be transparent and for sharing some things that somebody else may hear and be like, oh, let me, let me try that. Um, I know people personally that have gone to marriage counseling or just relationship counseling, it's not to say, you know, um, and didn't understand why it didn't work. 
and understanding that you have in individual work that needs to be done before you can work Absolutely. on somebody's relationship is a huge part. We can't fix yeah. this if you broken and I'm broken. Exactly. We you can know, steal them um, broken pieces. It ain't going to work. Broken pieces. Like they still broken pieces to the puzzle, but they broke. Yeah. Um, so I, I am grateful to you for that, um, for the gems that you dropped about the communication with your boys, because that is a big deal. Like such yeah. a big deal that I think I'm going to try it with Michael, even though he's grown and old. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm like, you know, I'm still thinking of ways that and, and trying out ways that would work, you know, for me to be able to best support him um, from here, you know. Um, so I just. I just want you to know how much I love and one you. One of the things I, I would throw out there too is date night. Yes. You do date night with your kids. Um, you know. Oh, with the baby. Oh, right. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. That date I night was, too, but that's another podcast. Right. right. I was on the something else. Okay, you're right. We, we talked about the baby. Okay, I'm but back. In, like individually with your kids, you know, give them that individual time, especially now. I think that's really important with the pandemic and everything. So you get there. Mm -hmm. They ha they know that they have your undivided attention. Right. You and them. And even as parents, like we get caught up, like especially as parents that work from home, what I had to do, because sometimes I will get so caught up in my work, is I set a reminder, I set an alarm. Like my work day is supposed to be over at 5.15. I have an alarm set off for to go at 5.30, 5.45, and 6 o'clock. Mm -hmm. That reminds me, it's time to shut it down. Wrap it up. You still got family. But Wrap what I up, changed babe. it is from regular alarms I let my kids voice over my alarms. So every 15 minutes, it's a different kid saying something. Whether it's mom, shut it down. Or mom, we gotta eat dinner. Or Jay saying, mommy, I want a snack. <laughs> like whatever it is, whatever they wanted to say is now what my alarm is past what time I, 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 my day is usually over. Because it has, it, it serves a dual purpose. It's like, okay, here you're reminded. Like, 6 o'clock is your max. Like, go ahead and, you know, type your notes up, get yourself ready for tomorrow or whatever. But 6 o'clock is my max. And it reminds me that you have to cut it off because these three still need you. Yeah. For whatever it is, homework, dinner, laundry, so you, all the clothes ain't messed up, um, whatever. It's, it's just that reminder. Like today's Monday, my son is cooking. I don't know what he's cooking, but I know <laughs> but. at 5.30, he's going to be like, all right, we, we got to get started. Like that's his thing now. And he looks forward to it and he holds me to it. He's like, all right, he'll text me. You want to come down? That's, Are you coming? Let's, let's, let's get this jumping. <laughs> we about to get so started. You'll see that like on Instagram and Facebook later. I'm going to see what Chef B done cooked up because I have no idea what he's cooking. But um like that's just it. And for Jaden, like he's he's artistic like I am. So we draw. We have art time. Mm. We have art dates. Mm -hmm. You pick the picture, we're gonna draw it. And that's when we talk. And for Jace, like I mean, you know, it's the same like that that, you know, that you live at home. Like we well, he like old school cartoons. This is Peppa Pig, we backyard <laughs> uh, again. Mm -hmm. And we do this at bedtime. He's like, Mommy, you're going to lay with me tonight. And so I got to lay in his bed and be uncomfortable. But that's our snuggle time and that's our time. Yeah. And you do these things individually with them to keep them close. Because that's when you're going to find your information. In those random times, you're going to see things start to come out. You just got to pick up on it. So I'll be uncomfortable for a little bit watching Peppa Pig. Girl, that pig's <laughs> ugly, but I get it. I understand. I understand it. 
but you you do what works you or what? i'm down here cooking we're having our conversations or yeah i'm drawing and we're having our conversations right well, you are doing an amazing job. Like you are, it may not always feel like it. <laughs> Today's a good I would say is the commitment. Somebody, I was at a wedding uh, a couple weekends ago and um, the brother of the bride was giving his speech and he was saying, he said, stay committed to the commitment. And mm. I was like, ooh, like, like I got my Felt phone that. out and wrote it down. I was like, oh, that Felt is... That. That is powerful. They committed to the commitment. And so it stuck with me um, because that is what it requires. And so like, it seems appropriate now in terms of, of giving you your flowers that like you are committed to the commitment, the commitment you've made to your kids, the commitment you've made to being present, to figuring out what they need, to listening to them. Um, and if nobody tells you that you did a good job or that you're doing a good job, I'm telling you that right now, it'll be on the interwebs for people to hear that you <laughs> are, you know, figuring it out. It ain't no handbook. And, you know, the reality is, is that what works for your boys might not work for mine, but it might, you know. And so right. that really was my, my hope in highlighting some of these things is that the reality is it might not work. But you know what? It might. It right. might work, especially it's if just a circle of trying, resources. Especially it's a circle if the stuff you're trying ain't working. You know, if the stuff you're trying already ain't working, what's the harm in trying something new that might work that's working for someone else? Absolutely. So, Absolutely. I just want to say that I love you and that love you I cannot wait to air this. Like I've so it's funny because I've had this is the third. And after each one, I've been like, this has got to be the first one. And so now I feel the same way. And I've, I've been trying to figure out how they've been so inspirational for me and so powerful that I want to like air them all at once. And I'm like, okay, Obi, you got to pace You're trying to do a mini series? <laughs> yeah. So my mom was like, so I thought she was going to end the season. And I was like, well, Ma, I got it. I'm talking to this one and this one and this one. And so it's probably going to be, so there was these three. I've got two other people that wanted to talk to me about their, they don't have like professional experience, but they want to talk to me about hey. their personal um, situations. And then the one with like Maya, Michael, and then the one with Lana. So there's at least three more. So it's probably going to be a six week series, but I just am like, I want people to hear these now. Like, can I just post but them all? Real. This it is, is real. When you, when you put that on social media and you said you wanted to do this, I told you, I said, this is not going to be, a one podcast thing because it's there's not. so many avenues you can take with it you know from the professional standpoint to the personal like having your kids on I think it's going to be so dope I can't wait to hear that one I can't either from, and I really want know, it to be the next one but I want to make yeah. sure it's done right and so I'm Absolutely. like the three conversations that I've had leading up to now I am so in love with them that they will be fine to be the first three and then sometime before you know, I'll, I'll be able to have the conversation with the kids, but I just want that to be right. And Michael, I think is, Michael is like, you can tell my story. So first he was like, I'll tell my story. And then he was right. like, well, you can tell my story. And I was like, I don't want to tell the story. And so I am encouraging him, but trying not to push. And so I right. think that that episode will probably be me and Maya and Michael. And I think I'm going to invite Michael's girlfriend and make it more of a like young adult yeah um, it's like a family conversation yeah, i think yeah, having yeah. you to facilitate it 
he'll start to jump in. Right. You know, he's, right. he's going to take your lead on that. But that one, I really cannot wait to hear. I think it's going to be so dope. Very but you can go you. so many places with this. I'm going to pray for you. But it's going to be dope. It's going to be everything that you didn't know it was going to be. And it's going to touch so many families and so many people. It's the conversation that needs to happen that nobody's ready for. Me it's included. Because what I will say you is that included. Well, because when my, so Maya responded to my IG post. So it wasn't like, now mind you, I talk to my kid right. two times a day, right? She faced so much. Her boyfriend is like, how, do, is there a time that you don't talk to your mama? <laughs> like, and she's like, no, I talk to my mom all the time. Like, and he just knows. He just knows. Everybody just knows. But she didn't call me directly. She responded to the Instagram post and was like, I want to tell my story about, you know, the depression I went through when, you know, I had Isaiah and then went off to school. And it was like, oh my God, really? I feel her on that. But I feel her on that. And I can't wait to hear that. But because that is, was kind of my story too. Even as a married person. Right. I had to, my senior year, Jace, I mean, not Jace, but my oldest son, Jameson, we left with my husband's parents because mm -hmm. they were not going to let me not finish school. Right. But I was just crying. And yeah. I was like, no, this is not how it's supposed to go. Like, yeah. I, I can't wait to hear her story. Like, well, that, see, I, it was challenging for me, not only because she's my daughter, but mm -hmm. because when she was going through it, I knew she was battling a, a little. But we didn't discuss it. You didn't know the extent of it. And we didn't discuss it. I didn't know the extent, but we also never spoke about it. It was like, right. it was more like, I know you're battling, so let's talk. Like, not talk about, we're not going to talk about what you're battling about. We're just going to talk. I'm going to be talk. present. You're going to come home. You can lay in my bed. We'll watch TV. I got, you know, I got Isaiah. Like, it was a lot of back and forth. It was a lot of, you know, just me being mm -hmm. there physically for her. But we didn't talk about, hey, are you, what kind of thoughts are you having? Like, we didn't discuss that. It's a lot. Um, and so in, in, in trying to like mentally and emotionally prepare for this conversation, I know that there will be, I'm going to have the tissue ready. I'm about to have your that, tissues ready. <laughs> I know that you there will be tears. Have your tissues ready. Um, but I also am hoping that like, not only it resonates, you know, with someone else that might be going through it. But I'm also hopeful and prayerful that like it takes our relationship to the next level, which I can't even imagine. Cause I think if I literally think if any one of my three kids could climb back in, they would just be like, all right, I'm getting back. I'm going back. Bye. And so I don't know that we could get any closer. I don't know that we could get any closer, but I do feel like going down this path together is going to do some of that. And so I'm, I am excited. I'm nervous. But I'm also very excited. So that'll be coming. I think that you guys are going to break some, some generational chains in some other families with this one. I, when I tell you I'm hyped for you for this, I'm hyped. Real yeah. talk. I'm going to borrow some of that when it's time. I'm going to be like, I'm going to text you and be like, all right, Mo, send me some vibes because we about to have you. this conversation. Okay, I got you on the vibes. And I got you on the wine afterwards. Please. I need all the wine. I'm going to do a GoFundMe for that one episode for wine. Like, just, I'm going to be like, Maya, you can have some wine, too. We all need some wine. Everybody can have got it. Got you. I'm going to be oh. toasting to you and be like, yes, I'm listening and ready. <laughs> it's coming. I can't wait. I so cannot wait. So this is out in 
probably, I, I don't know. I've got, one's coming out on Wednesday. So whichever one I can get edited um, and done and posted, it'll be out on Wednesday, but definitely over the next couple of weeks. And so just, just know, just know how much I admire you and love you and support you. And I'm only a text away and, you know. Right, we're having a whole podcast. In text message. <laughs> right, we have. That's right. That's right. They, they don't need to know about that part, Mo. They don't have to know about that. Um, and so when we get ready to plan our next trip to Philly for the cheesesteak, if you could just shout out for your girl, so I could just go. Hey, listen. While you are on this work trip, take some time out for you. You better. That's the plan. Carve some time out there for you. Make it. Make it your own. I will. Because you can't be here. Go on down there with your chef, you girl. You about to be. You about to be late for your date. Yeah, football practice, so I got time. So he got to come home and shower, and then we're going to be ready to cook. So I, got, so I was like, cool, I, this planned out, worked out perfectly. I got time. I'll be on Instagram later to find out what we ate. I got you. I'll make sure I I'll, tag you. I'll talk to you later. I love you. See love you, sis. Bye. All right. Bye. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. I can't wait to hear your feedback. But until then, be nice, be authentic, because yeah, I'm listening.